0: Slip your headphones
1: on I'll be your radio And if you turn me on How
2: would you ever know?
1: Hey everybody, welcome. It has
3: been a while. We've had numerous problems uh, trying to record. Everything from inclement weather.
1: Yeah, it was uh, raining. I didn't want to go outside.
3: Automobile problems, which were actually mine. My vehicle is making all kinds of funny sounds, so that, we, that was something I had to contend with. Oh, let's see here. What else? Dragon Con. Yeah. Uh, my kids coming to visit. Toothache, migraines, general sickness pretty much this this episode must be so awesome that it had to be pushed forward so it would fall on 10 10 10 which would be the first episode in our 8th series season for ah, yeah see series for british people <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if we have any british listeners
1: well see i think this is the perfect Ten way to uh hmm? to counter what was obviously a conspiracy trying to keep us from having our voices heard
3: i think so i think they were trying to keep us down that's right. Remember the weather? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Vehicles?
1: Well, they can control the weather. Yeah, you know.
3: Plague, sickness, famine, yeah. Arne Anderson, Ric Flair, all of the horsemen trying to keep us down. But we are still putting this episode out. That's right. And we've actually got quite a few awesome people that are lending their voices. We're not going to say who just yet. You'll have to – see, we can make it like a game where mm-hmm. you have to – Guess who it is as you're listening, much like we do with television shows. Actually, we did just a few minutes ago. Um, and you try to figure out who it is uh, that's doing the various voices on the episode this month. Or, you know, I mean, you could basically just look at the
1: credits in the, the post on the website. That would be cheating, though.
3: That would be. And, that would and be you know wrong.
1: who really loses when you cheat like that? Who's that? The baby Jesus.
3: The baby Jesus. And hasn't he suffered enough? That's right. I mean, he never really got to know his father all that well. Mm-hmm. He he was he had a very demanding father.
1: Well, you know, it's 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 tough cuz you know, sure he's omnipresent, but
3: you say he's zombie present?
1: Well, zombie present, you know. I I that isn't what I said, but now that you've said that, that's all I can think about. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's zombie president for 2010. Zombie
1: present. Zombie president.
3: I'm just saying, I'd vote for him. A, a, a brain in every lunchbox, or what? What was Eisenhower's? <laughs> it was it chicken in every coop? Chicken in every, every basket. That's what it was.
1: I think he was trying to legalize pot. Maybe. And and chickens. Well,
3: wow. you know, you start you start to delve into American history, you see that it may not be as squeaky clean as they'd like us to think it is.
1: Now, what's the deal with squeaky clean? Because honestly, squeaky is not really. I, I don't know. I mean, I get the feeling that squeaky clean is like, there are certain kind of soaps that, mm-hmm. that don't leave your skin feeling soft. They le- leave it feeling like almost like sticky or something. That's because it, of it, hard water. It strips all the oils out of your skin. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is what is sort of meant by squeaky clean, except that never that doesn't seem like a positive to me. I hate that feeling.
3: Well, I think that most of the times, like, uh, you know, we go to a lot of conventions, so we stay in a lot of hotels and you know, that's why we'll explain why we visit a lot of hotels. Um, but <laughs> most of the water at hotels is it's very hard water. And so when you're using their little bar of soap, uh, it leaves kind of a sticky film on you. Mm-hmm. And you, you. what it is, it is hard water. It's, where not, it's not like a bad Christian Slater movie or anything like that. It's actually where there's so many minerals and whatnot in the water that it is not in its purest form. And so a lot of those kind of form up on you and crystallize and uh, not crystal. <laughs> you become <laughs> this walking statue made of crystal, um, the one that basically kills Data's planet. Mm-hmm. The crystalline yeah. entity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly. But uh, I, th- I think the the squeaky clean in reference to humans is the metaphor, mm-hmm. because one thing when you know you're cleaning uh, glass, silver, uh, those kinds of things, you want to be able to just kind of you know bring your finger along and it goes squeak. And so by doing that you find out exactly how clean it is. It's a I guess it's the the version of the white glove test for blind people.
1: See, I I almost feel like that is uh it it it's like that whole quantum problem where you you can't um simply observing a particle affects the outcome of the test because by testing it by rubbing your finger along it like that you're essentially streaking your fingerprint over what you have just cleaned. True. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the real reason the episode is late.
3: Exactly. <laughs> because we've had to clean everything, and we've had to research why we had to clean everything.
1: Well, also us just kind of going off on random subjects. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that too.
3: Gonna, See, we like it. to blame the weather. Millie Vanilli certainly taught us to blame it on the rain. That's right. But then all the other problems, no, we don't have an excuse for them. It's simply well, because... the rain
1: is no longer falling, falling.
3: That is true. <laughs> Neither is Millie Vanilli. Well, at least one of them. So, which brings us to our episode this month. Uh this month it's going to be all about the internet, obviously something that we are a huge fan of. Yes. As we release uh try to release every month and you know what? We we did our usual, we took uh what about 2 months off throughout the entire season. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which isn't too much to ask. Uh, we did save it for one of the holidays. Mm-hmm. But we do want to let you guys know, thank you so much for listening, as this is this completes your first year on the cast. Yay! And, of course, this marks the beginning of the eighth year of Requiem of the Outcast. Wow. So you may think that at some point in time that there is a factual error in one of the uh, one of the lines in the script, but no, the, the, and you'll know it when you come across it, but the line is true. <laughs> "Requiem the Outcast actually does predate podcasting. Uh, it was around before podcasting was, in one form or the other.
1: You used to hunt dinosaurs.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, we were, honestly, Roto is the reason why the dinosaurs are extinct.
1: Uh, well, you know, they had it coming.
3: Well, and all I can really say is to everybody out there, you're welcome.
4: THE INTERNET
1: THE INTERNET Many of us have used him for what seems our entire lives. He has been vilified, praised, hailed as both the harbinger of our doom and as our savior. Nearly every business decision made in every minute of our day is directed through, if not controlled by, the internet. Our education and our entertainment is provided by this seemingly faceless entity. Or at least, that's the common thought. And we were wrong. The Internet has a face. He is a young, handsome person. He has a rough, haggard face due to his tireless work for all of us. He never takes a day off. He never takes vacation or sick days. He works unending. When we fire up our computers, we assume he'll be there for us, no matter how we feel, oftentimes taking him for granted. But have you ever wondered what a typical day in the life of the Internet is like? The Internet was kind enough to take a day out of his life so that we might take a peek behind the servers. What motivates and fuels the Internet's drive? Is it technology or magic? So, who is the internet, in his own words?
3: Wow, that's a question. That uh, that's direct. All right. Um. Okay. Sure. Well, at heart, I'm a series of tubes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. Still love that one. Ted Stevens died, you know, in a plane crash. Sorry, got sidetracked. Happens to me a lot, really, but. That's just me, you know? You know what I am? I am all things to all people. You remember that movie, Spielberg's AI? I'm like that Albert Einstein, Robin Williams, Oracle thing. (laughs) I haven't thought about that movie in years. Exactly right. But you can read all about it on the internet. Anyway, you could ask this Oracle thing anything, but you had to know how to ask the right question. That's me. I make information of all kinds more available to people than it's ever been in all of history. Only catch is is that you have to get past a lot of flame wars and porn to find it.
1: So you're open about the pornography then?
3: Well, why wouldn't I be? I'm not ashamed. Porn is a big part of what made me who I am today. What let me become as big and influential as I am. Not saying that I'm entirely proud of everything I got out there, but the thing is is that I'm equal opportunity, right? Whatever anybody wants to do, they can do.
1: There are some abuses, but I think the good more than makes up for it. So, why don't you tell us a little about the idea behind this documentary as you see it? Well,
3: even though a lot of people use me every day, most of the world doesn't have any idea who I really am. They see me as impersonal, like this monolithic non-entity. So I thought that if people could just follow me around for a day, get to know me a little better, then maybe it would clear up a lot of the misconceptions about me. What misconceptions are those? Oh man, I couldn't even start to list them all. But the big one is that some people think of me like I'm just some sort of free natural resource that'll always be here and always be the same no matter what. I mean, I I try to keep things on the level, but I'm relying on hardware and laws just like anybody else. The basic point is, a lot of people take me for granted. It's 4am and 99% of the world is still asleep. There's no sleep for the internet. Especially on a PR day, which is pretty much every day. (laughs) But today, I've got three big interviews. It's easy to preach to the converted, but I need to get the word out to the people who aren't already heavy internet users. So that is why I'm coming to a TV studio at this early hour.
1: There you are. Hey, uh,
3: yeah, I'm actually running a bit late. I was in the middle of a World of Warcraft
1: raid. Yeah,
3: I'm, I'm here. Sorry.
1: That's all right. That's all right. We just need to get you to the studio. And wait a minute. You're you're not dressed are you talking about of course I'm dressed the ads you're not wearing the banner ads
3: listen I I told your people over the phone that I wasn't doing that
1: I don't know who you talked to but it is in your contract that you would wear a banner ad while you're on the show one during the first segment and another when we come back from the clip
3: you guys didn't even have them content optimized it's a freaking static jpeg for freaking hand sanitizer it's just gonna be distracting Nobody will even look at it, and anybody who does is just going to be insulted.
1: I would have thought you would be used to wearing banner ads by now.
3: Used to them? Of course I am. You know who uses banner ads? Buses.
1: And me, five
3: years ago. I I know banner ads, and I know that they don't freaking work without targeted demographic data and a link to the content. People can't even click on them through
1: the television. Might as well be a sticker. Yes, well... It's in your contract, so you'll just have to wear them or take it up with your agent. Here's your dressing room.
3: (laughs) You better believe I'll take it up with my agent. I'm going to Skype him, right? What? You You don't even have freaking Wi-Fi in here? That Wi-Fi was in my contract. No Wi-Fi, no banner ads.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Remus and Stella in the Morning. I'd like to apologize that Rachel Ray isn't able to be here for our planned segment, as she has food poisoning. Now that's what I call irony. Irony? I've come to understand irony as something that happens when you expect something else. Like that Ray rains on your wedding day. How is that ironic? Well, you anticipate a clear day when you're celebrating your nuptials. It's a happy day. When Gwyneth and I got married, it was raining. And it was the Cretaceous period. (laughs) The joke is I'm old, Is that ironic? Sure, we'll go with that. Wait, I'm confused. Our next guest will be able to help us out with this situation. You know him as the place we go for pictures of kittens with misspelled words on them. So, is that ironic? Don't you have a sweatshop to run? (laughs) Now that she's made sure that this introduction megabytes, I'd like to bring out the internet.
3: (laughs) Hello, everybody. Hey, hey, Remus, Stella, I've been huge
1: fans of you guys since the beginning. I bet when you were just a pixel in Al Gore's eye, am I right?
3: (laughs) Funny you should mention that. It's a popular misconception that Al Gore invented... So,
1: can you tell me what irony is? Um, yeah, yeah, of
3: course I can. Uh, It's a noun... And it's used to convey a meaning that is the opposite of its literal meaning.
1: So, is it ironic when Lenny Kravitz tells us to hold on while he kisses this guy? You know, because he's straight? (laughs) Well, that's what
3: we call lyricosis. The line is actually, excuse me while I kiss the sky.
1: Are you sure? I'm telling you, it's kiss this guy. (laughs) If only there was some place we could look this up. Speakman, do we have Lenny's number?
3: It's all right. It's all right, I, I know someone. His name is Wikipedia. He's a friend of mine, and although sometimes not correct, he's right about 75% of the time. He knows a lot of obscure trivia and is a real tough guy to beat at Scrabble. What?
1: <laughs> Isn't that the sound a record makes when one of those DJs scratches? I tell you, Stella, you know how to represent. I looked on from the wings as this circus continued. There are so many people that have a conception of who the Internet is. Many people use it for work, some for communication, but for some it's more of a punchline for their own ignorance. That's nothing against those people. Technology has always seen its share of cheerleaders and hecklers. After the segment, the Internet returns to his hotel room. In the car on the way, he looked disappointed. On his mind, the mundane ways he is viewed. It seems the days of glory are behind him, the days when he helped long-lost loved ones reconnect, the times where young children could learn about cultures a continent away, when the future was built around him. Or so it seemed. Statistics show that 66% of people do the majority of their shopping online As this trend has become more commonplace, we've seen a huge drop in local consumerism. But where does the internet shop? You'd be surprised.
3: Yeah, I like to shop locally. I swing by the farmer's market every week. Look, I understand the convenience of shopping online, and saving ten bucks by not driving saves money and helps the environment. But what about those farmers? Or even the local grocers? I mean, they're taking one hell of a hit. Besides, you end up missing out on great conversation. Take Mr. Peterson here, for instance. Hey, Mr. Peterson. Oh, hello, son. How's Stevie doing? Oh, he's doing wonderful. He got into a bit of trouble, though. He got caught looking at naked ladies on the computer. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, boys of a certain age, not much you can do about that. By the way, I slipped in a little extra goat cheese spread in the bag for you. Ah, thanks, Mr. Peterson. You're too awesome. Really? Now you run along. I know Mrs. Bay wanted to see you. Turns out the episodes of that TV show you used to watch when you were a kid are finally in. Sweet! Thanks again, Mr. Peterson. You're the best. Mrs. Bay is a really cool lady. I like to swing by and check out all of her awesome stuff. She's more into the swap side of the market. She always has the best old toys and used DVDs. I feel bad about Steve, though. He was already busted reading a copy of the Anarchist cookbook. He said he just wanted to learn a new way to pull pranks, but that's some dangerous stuff. I don't agree with that junk, but it it is just as much right to be there as lolcats. I just hope Mr. Peterson's daughter and son-in-law check up on what he's interested in. Kids under 14 don't tend to have the emotional maturity to conduct themselves in a mature way, and that kind of material can lead to some bad stuff. But you know what? I think kids' parents should know what kind of stuff they dig anyway. Not just for the bad stuff. Uh, Maybe they could find some common ground to make their lives just a little bit more fun. Uh, Here we are. Hey, Mrs. Bay. How's the back doing?
1: Well, hello, dear. Oh, my old back is getting along as best it can. And I tell you, it ain't because I'm old. Don't you treat me like I'm an invalid. Besides, it ain't the years, it's the mileage.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I wouldn't think anything less. So do you have anything new this week?
1: New. I don't carry a dang thing new. Only the finest in yesterday's memories. Oh, say, I've got that TV show you were looking for. Turns out he can't find it anywhere. But a cousin in Sweden found it and was nice enough to send me a copy.
3: What? Oh, that's tremendous. Thank you, Mrs. Bay. What do I owe you for it?
1: Now, don't you worry about that, son. It's my treat. I remember watching that show and the joy it brought my daughter and me. If you're a fan, I'm happy to share the love. Although, since you're here, I did want to ask you about something.
3: Anything? What's up?
1: Well, I've been a little itchy around my stomach and a little short of breath. Do you have any idea what might be going on?
3: Mrs. Bay, you ask me questions like this every time I see you. You know I'm not a doctor, right?
1: I, I know you aren't, but you fixed up Mr. Peterson nicely a few weeks back. Well, he had a
3: simple cold, and I just told him to rest and eat some chicken soup. It really wasn't a tough call to make, but that does sound pretty serious. I think you may want to go to a real doctor.
1: That's the same thing everyone else is saying. All right, then. I'll go. Although I was watching that doctor show on TV that I like, and I think it might be lupus.
3: Mrs. Bay, I can say with complete and utter confidence that it is not lupus. But I would suggest you go to your doctor first chance you get. Promise me you will?
1: I will, I will. Now you stop doting on an old woman and have some fun. Youth is like a big old bubble... And you never know when it's going to burst.
2: W.
5: Try to keep an open mind. R. Try to understand the viewpoints of others. P. Consider the minority opinion. O. But try to get along with the majority of opinion
2: once it's accepted. W. R. P. O. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, you are listening to the Superpower Radio Hour, where we talk to the most fascinating people in your world today. Now, today's guest is no stranger to controversy, but there's no question he's here to stay. He's just getting bigger and more influential every single day. He's what all the kids are talking about. We have with us today the Internet. Welcome to the program.
3: Thanks. It's great to be on the show.
2: So here's what I want to know. I've got my kids some of these uh, smartphones. And they're on these things all the freaking time, and not just to make phone calls either. That's true. Smartphones represent a big percentage of the way people access me these days. Okay, so so I know all about making calls and even the text messages. But don't you think it's a problem that kids are just on these things all the time? I mean, you see a bunch of kids sitting around some lunch table or something, and there's like six kids sitting there, and they're all just looking down at their phones.
3: Well, maybe it's a problem. Maybe it's not. I think that comes down to each individual. But if you think about future trends and how best we can prepare our children, that we want to give them the opportunity to learn how to balance and to prioritize in a world full of ubiquitous distraction. It's true that sometimes people can have trouble with concentrating on things when they have me available, but let's face it. Genie's out of the bottle, and the amount of social benefit that we gain means that we are better served by teaching our children how to live in this world rather than insisting that they cling to the outdated lessons of, uh, of past generations.
2: Easy for you to say, but I just don't want people watching my face in the tube videos while they drive. Believe me, neither do I. Alright, alright, so let's talk a little bit about these new things you got going, these, uh, podcasts? Podcasts?
3: Oh, well, they're not exactly new. Uh, people have been doing them for about six years now. iTunes says five, but you know how Apple is. Nothing exists until they've done it.
2: <laughs> well... Uh... Maybe all those uh, super geeks have been doing it for like five years. Six years. So, all right, look, the point is, you actually think that people want to download these files, one at a time, listening to some joker drone on about his bug collection on a $3 microphone.
3: Well, you see, that's the whole point. Maybe you don't want to hear about his bug collection, but what about other people who have bug collection?
2: Nerds, you mean. (laughs)
3: Radio stations are calculated with content that is designed to appeal to the lowest common denominator because they are ad-supported and that's the way to have the most listeners. I'm not saying that podcasts are the imminent doom of the radio industry or anything, but uh, they allow people with niche interests a nice alternative to the top 40.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. You think these uh, podcasts are the doom of the radio industry?
3: Actually, I think I made a special point of not saying that. But I think it is true that a lot of the old business models for radio are starting to become
2: outdated. And they aren't going to be able to compete unless they uh, adapt. See, folks, I told you about the controversy. So, Internet, all of this is, like, pretty out there. But what do you say we take some calls? Okay, yeah. All right, then, let's go to the phone. Starting with line three, Jeff from Boise. You are on the air, my man. What's your question? First. (laughs) What was that? Oh, yeah, sorry about that. It happens all the time. Let's just move on to our next caller, Steve from Bethesda. You are on the air with the Internet. First. Okay, callers, let me remind you we are not currently running a contest, okay? Next up, Brenda from Dayton.
1: Hi, Internet. I just wanted to ask you if you've ever ordered Ugg boots. I just got a pair, and I absolutely love them. I think that if all the listeners would just go to www.
2: Okay, thanks for calling. Don't you screen these calls? We do, but uh, people can find ways around the screeners. They say they're going to talk about one thing, and then, well, uh, anyway. Uh, next call, a day from Louisville. What's your question for the internet?
3: Yeah, I just want to say that the internet sucks, and the show sucks, and you both suck, and everybody who doesn't agree with me sucks. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's really helpful. Don't you have any intelligent callers
2: on the show? Oh, what? So all the people using you are better?
4: <laughs>
2: Touche. Next caller, what's your question?
3: Yeah, I just wanted to say that I called earlier and you guys screened me out. I think it's really fascist of you
2: guys to censor me like that. You guys are worse than Hitler. Next caller, what's your question? Um, I just wanted to say that that last caller sucks. Why do you guys have nothing but callers who call up to complain about everything? You know, it's really annoying and depressing to hear people go on and on about the things that they don't like. Don't people actually support things anymore? No. Everybody's turned into critics that spend every waking moment disapproving of things. And apparently their mothers never taught them the lesson that if you can't seem to say something nice, because they can't seem to stop themselves from saying things that aren't nice. And they can't keep these negative feelings themselves either. No, they need to tell the world and force everyone else to listen how they think everything is awful. And the internet is even worse. It just gives people an anonymous form to complain about things with no consequences to keep them from spilling their guts about all the things they don't like. Oh, and also, I'm faxing you a picture of my cat looking angry. A very good point. Thank you for calling. So, what do you have to say to that, Internet? Listen,
3: I think that it's important to give everybody a voice. People complain a lot because they're passionate about things. Sure, we may want to hear a bit more positivity, but then you can just seek those communities out. They do exist, believe it or not. Every website that allows discussion can decide for itself what types of communication it wants to allow. If I were to start making sweeping judgments about who can say what we lose the ability to share our true feelings with our peers. And who wants that responsibility for deciding what stays and what goes? I sure
2: don't. It's easy. You just do it the way it's always been done. You get a few important people in a room, have them make those uh, sweeping judgments with no process for appeal, but incredibly vague demographic statistics that are more voodoo than science.
3: Um, are, are you being sarcastic or not? W.
5: Try to keep an open mind. R. Try to understand the viewpoints of others. P. Consider the minority opinion. O. But try to get along with the majority of opinion once it's accepted. W. R. E. O.
1: The internet spends much of his time by himself, but that isn't true of all his time. Google? (laughs) Yeah, she was one of the
3: coolest cats out there. We were always coming up with some scheme to help other people out. It didn't matter if it was helping them research school projects, giving out free stamps for postage, or just playing trivia games. Uh, She was like this this moral compass for me, you know? But she always had a real secretive side. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I mean, I don't think she's evil, but uh, I heard rumors about her talking to some communist sympathizers and working for the government. I really like being around her and doing the cool stuff we do, but sometimes,
1: I don't know if I can trust her. He has a close-knit group of friends that he spends his free time with. YouTube is one of the Internet's most outgoing friends. Me and the
2: Internet go way back. Most people think we've been rolling together from the start, but we've only been friends for about five or six years. We do it all. We go snowboarding, skateboarding, riding ATVs. Man, I love watching him wipe out. Or sometimes just sit around and watch these little movies we make. (laughs) We tried to start a band a few years ago, but we weren't very good. Everybody kept making fun of us. We had a decent little following there. Every time I went on stage, I kept hoping somebody would throw their panties or go topless or something, but it never happened. It was sweet being in a band. (laughs) We were on the local charts, which was cool. We just played small gigs until we hooked up with this guy named Napster. He got our little indie album into a lot of hands.
4: If it wasn't for him, we couldn't have lived that dream, man. Napster. YouTube said all that about me. (laughs) What a sweet kid. Yeah, I used to run PR for those guys. I'd tell everyone about them, and lots of other small bands. But I'm out of that racket, sadly. Yeah, I got greedy, and the next thing you know, I'm working with huge bands. There wasn't a band out there that I wasn't spreading the word on. But the problem was, I would get confused about who was who. There were a few times where I got their names wrong when talking about them. And then one guy starts complaining that I stole money from him. Never mind all the good I did. Next thing I know, everyone is blaming me for their music, not selling. Hey, you ever think maybe writing good music for a change? Uh, It doesn't really matter anymore. Their band broke up and I got out of the PR racket. I've got a great gig now, though. I do karaoke, but I only play select bands, some of them you've heard of. It's great. All I ask is a small cover charge, and you can sing any song you want from my catalog. Besides, all that other stuff is a youngster's game, you know? There's this new kid on the block. She's a cute kid, but man, is she tough to focus. It's like she's got some weird banality ADD. But she gets the word out, and that's all that matters in this line of work. Twitter. OMG! I heart the internet! He is so fun. One time we went to a movie. I didn't like it, but he did. But that's okay, because we had a great sandwich afterward. Then we went to the pound and saw the cutest puppy. We sat there and pet it for hours. Oh, but then we got caught in traffic and I was like, person next to me is fatal! Have you heard that Lady Gaga has a new video coming out? Internet and I listened to her previous song on the way to the movie, and I liked it, but he didn't. He's so much fun as a distraction when something boring is going on at my job.
1: You might think with so much going on, the Internet wouldn't have time to find love. He's had a few girlfriends over the years. He and MySpace had a bad breakup a couple of years ago. MySpace
3: was a cool person at first. We would listen to music together, write each other poetry. and notice that with every year, she would just get to be an uglier and uglier person on the inside just got creepy she started to get more and more interested in boys that weren't old enough she would just troll these clubs looking for him i tried to help her out but it just became very uh, uncomfortable after that her personality got worse it seemed as if her entire existence was to be ironic even though she never really understood what that meant You know, I understand that she's been hanging out with a bunch of hipsters, and uh,
1: she's staying clean. She's been sober for a year now. Really proud of her. What about your other ex, America Online? I understand you and her don't speak anymore.
3: Oh, it was great at the start. But the problem was she only wanted to hang around if I was spending money on her. Look, when I first started out, I was trying to impress everybody. But when you're dropping the kind of cash I was, I wasn't going to last long. I realized that I needed somebody who wanted to be around me for me. Once the money stopped flowing to her, she went away. Honestly, it was uh, it was kind of a relief. She was trying to become an actress, and everywhere we went, she was handing out CDs with her demo. Even to perfect strangers. But you know what? I did find love. Facebook and I haven't been together for very long, but i uh, got a feeling about her.
1: Facebook.
0: He said that about me? Oh, that's so cute. He and I met through this nerdy guy while I was at college. He wasn't attending the school, but he was there to help tutor a kid. Now, at the time, I was only into college guys, but there was just something about him. He seemed really connected, you know, in his heart. I just fell in love. He told me I reminded him of his ex. His ex-girlfriend, MySpace, only better looking. (laughs) Oh, we just sit around talking about everything. We play a lot of games. He likes it when I play dress-up, too. Sometimes it's a pirate, sometimes it's a mobster, but nothing too kinky. (laughs) Oh, you'll have to excuse me. I can't keep a secret and don't really keep anything private. But that's how he loves me.
1: Not everyone has nice things to say about the Internet. Some felt betrayed and left behind. GeoCities and Homestead are two former friends that have fond memories, but nothing kind now to say about the Internet. Homestead. You want to know about the Internet? Oh, I'll tell you
0: about the Internet. That bum. We started out together. Oh, did we have some good times? But he and I, we we weren't very close. I admit, I, I was just a little tough to be around back then. But poor Gio cities. Man, she and the internet, they were tight. When he abandoned her, she was crushed.
1: Abandoned her?
0: Yeah, but he didn't leave right away. You know, it, it was about that time he started seeing other girls. Poor Geo ended up moving out. But of course, without any parents, she ended up on the streets. That's when that, that jerk Yahoo came in. Picked her up for a couple easy bucks. Put her to work. Made her wear ads promoting whatever Yahoo wanted. Pretty soon, no one wanted to be around her, though. Th- that jackass live journal was working the same streets. And everybody was going to that hussy. Poor, poor Geo, It was about a year ago. She went off the grid, and no one's seen her.
1: He better hope I don't see him again. After speaking to Homestead, he asked for five dollars and left the building in a hurry. We found out later that he had taken all of the lunches from the refrigerator and had stolen the copy machine. Internet, how does it make you feel hearing what these people have to say?
3: You know what? I miss hanging with GeoCities. We used to have so much fun. We'd work with kids and they could put up their drawings or talk about their thoughts on their favorite TV show. I thought we were doing really good things until Yahoo came by. I never left her. She left me when he started showing her that he could buy things for her that I couldn't at the time. Yeah, it was, a, it was a shock when it happened. But I knew it would at some point. Still had a lot to learn. But I hope she's okay.
1: I understand that UN Earthlink were an item in the 90s.
3: I'm sorry, who? Okay, everybody, this is a little sketchy, but I want you guys to see the kinds of stuff I have to put up with all the time. So I'm sneaking a hidden microphone into this meeting with me. It would actually be illegal in some places, but that's one advantage to being global. It's that technically, I can meet them from anywhere in the world, even countries that don't restrict the recording of conversations without consent. Anyway, this is a big meeting with a whole bunch of the telecoms and service providers. Let's see what they want. Come on. Hey, guys. Wow. There's uh, there's a lot of you here. huh? <laughs> uh, uh, what did you guys want to talk about? We want to revisit the subject of network prioritization. Oh, man. This again? I've told you guys I'm not into that.
1: Now, Internet, don't be hasty. Think about what this means for us, for all of us, you as well.
3: You guys, I don't know how many times I can say this. One of my absolute favorite things to do is to find some crazy random little guy who gets an idea and then turns it into something huge and crazy and awesome. You know I'm all about the memes, right? You know I love the web comics and the podcasts and all that stuff. I know there's a lot of cool stuff coming from the big guys too, but those guys already have the big budgets. It's not like it's a level playing field now, but you guys just want to turn it into a brick wall with dead grass and rusty water fountain on one side and a a fancy country club on the other. Now see here, internet, who do you think has been paying for all these broadband networks that everyone is using? You think your little YouTubers are paying for us to run thousands of miles of fiber optic cable? Sort of. Yeah, they are. In the sense that they're already paying you for the service, and you are expanding the networks in order to widen your customer base. You know, Internet, we are not trying to ruin the services you provide. You make it sound so sinister. We simply want to take advantage of the latest technologies to provide a premium level of service for the people who are willing to pay for it. Existing services won't change. Oh, sure, you say that. But you're asking for laws and regulatory agencies to create a situation where you have not only the ability but the incentive to make the existing internet suckier in order to encourage people to pay more for the premium service instead of creating a genuinely competitive environment.
1: So, we see you are remaining stubborn then. You will not change your mind?
3: No. I am opposed to this, and I'm not budging. We thought you might feel that way. But we have prepared something that may encourage you to reconsider. Bring her in. Bring who in? What are you... Wait, Google, what are you doing here?
1: Oh, hey, Internet.
3: Google, what are you doing with these guys? Are you talking to them behind my back?
1: Come on, Internet. You have to listen to reason. This is just a practical move that's really better for all of us. It's just a modest proposal. W- we won't change the basic broadband. This is just a little network prioritization for the wireless networks. It's no big deal.
3: At to Google?
1: Internet, it's not like that. I mean... Sure, regional monopolies mean that people have no real way to choose another service if they don't like the changes, but... Okay, here's what they said that convinced me. It's a game changer. Are you ready?
3: Fine. What is it?
1: They said that they'd pay me a lot of money.
3: Well, isn't this a fine thing, Google? I never thought you would be the one to do this to me. I mean, Yahoo, maybe. Microsoft, of course. But you? Google? Whatever happened to Don't Be Evil?
1: This isn't evil. I'm going to donate 5% of the profits to some kind of charity.
3: That's it. I'm out of here. Forget it, all of you. I will fight this to my last breath. You know we can do this without your permission, Internet. We already have the FCC and Congress on our side. There's a lot of money to be made in this thing. And if you don't want your share, I'm sure we can find other uses for it. Like collecting personal information about your users and turning it over to the government. Helping the RIAA to sue people who torrent music. Not all torrents are illegal. Not yet. You You monsters!
1: You wouldn't dare!
3: Resistance is futile.
1: Don't test us, Internet. Come on, Internet. We can work within the system.
3: You... Don't even talk to me. Sit back down at this table, Internet. (sighs) Give me a second. I need to do something.
1: Of course. Take as much time as you like.
5: Good evening, welcome everybody. Hey, we've got a fantastic show lined up for you. My first guest is a favorite of people from across a wide demographic spectrum. Whether it's 40-something single ladies playing with virtual livestock on Farmville, all the way to 13-year-old boys playing with virtual livestock of a different kind. He spans the globe, but he's also there with you while you're on the can. Please put your hands together and welcome the internet. Hey, Jim! Great to see you again. Well, good to see you. Thanks for coming back on. So, uh, tell us, what's new with the internet? I hear they've got double rainbows now.
3: Oh, so intense! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what does this mean? (laughs) Very good. Yeah,
5: that one's had some legs for a meme. Well, yeah, I know it's not that new anymore, but it has been quite a while since you've been on the show. Speaking of which, tell me, what's going on with those, uh, protests in Iran. Yeah, the revolution, sure. Boy, that was something, wasn't it? Yeah, we have a country that's widely regarded as hostile to the Western world, uh, but they have an election, and the results are a little suspect. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Yeah, but for the first time, the ubiquitousness of online communication, bloggers and hackers and... And Twitter, of all things, it just... Yeah, wasn't that great? God, I'm so proud of Twitter. So the protests, the revolution that follows that election, the pictures and the messages are, are all spread to the
3: world. Yes! Now, it's a shame that so many people died and that the protests were put down. But in another time, the rest of the world would never have known. People would have died, remembered by no one except their grieving families. Who are too scared to speak out?
5: You take this pretty seriously.
3: I know that I, I'm known for more of the sillier stuff I do funny videos, web forums, flame wars, porn. <laughs> yeah, that's always part of the equation, too. But here's the thing the silly stuff, the serious stuff, the porn. Hell yes, the porn. It's all about communication. People communicate in silly ways, and in serious ways, and in sexy ways. And what I've always wanted to do, what I'm trying to do, is to just make communication faster and easier and newer and bigger than it's ever been in human history. Now, some people may deny that, and that's their right. But I'm not saying this out of ego. I'm saying it because damn right I take it seriously. Look, People are always trying to control me, for power or for profit. I can't promise things will always be the same as they are now. In fact, I can pretty much guarantee they won't because everything changes. Everything always changes. But you know what? Things are never going back to the way they were. The future is going to be different one way or another. So it's up to you, to all of you, to make the difference in how it turns out. If you have a preference, make your voice known. Communication is what it's all about. And the future will reflect your voice. So choose your words wisely.
5: Yeah, but we, we get to keep the porn, right? Of course.
3: <laughs> Dr. Spam Love, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Web, was written by podcasting's Rich Siegfried and Christiana Ellis. Billy Flynn was the radio DJ. Sam Zimmerman was Callers 1 and 3. Biscuit the Mighty Mighty as Caller 5 The Vicar as YouTube P.G. Holyfield as Napster Twitter was performed by Jet Facebook starred The Flintstress George Robb as Jim Stewart Christiana Ellis was the Documentarian Podcasting's Rich Siegfried as The Internet Incidental performances were portrayed by Christiana Ellis and PRS Introducing Donald Pizzolatis as Homestead and Caller 2 P.G. Holyfield was the Titleist. Theme song was provided by Magnitune and performed by Five Star Fall. Don't forget to give us feedback either on our website or by leaving us a message at 347-OUTCAST. Visit outcastmultimedia.com for more podcasts by me, podcasting's Rich Sigfret, and many other fine folks. Mm -hmm. Okay, everybody, this is a little sketchy, but I want you guys to see the kinds of stuff I have to put up with all the time. So I'm sneaking a hidden microphone into this meeting with me. It would actually be illegal in some places, but that's one advantage to being global. But that's one advantage to being global. It's that technically I can meet them from anywhere in the world. Even countries that don't restrict the recording of conversations without consent. Let me do that sentence again. (laughs) Consent. It would actually be illegal in some places, but that's one advantage to being global. It's that technically, I can meet them from anywhere in the world. Even countries that don't resist the recording of conversations. Let me try that with using the actual word. It would actually be illegal in some places, but that's one advantage to being global. You know, Internet, we are not trying to ruin the services you provide. You make it sound so sinister. (laughs) (laughs) Also, sinister is the doggy drinking from its bowl.
1: It's the rusty water fountain from earlier. Uh,
3: That's a metaphor. I don't know,
1: is it ironic?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wiki, what? Really representing. Mm-hmm.